I want to ask a question at the beginning. I want to um, I want to ask like um, who of you here um, loves movies? Yeah, I, I love to. I love I love to be taken somewhere, you know, like into a story. Um, and I don't know what genre you you like most. Um, whether um, it is some medieval style, some Game of Thrones fans here, yes, or the others, maybe you like more romances, <laughs> or dramas, or sitcoms. For me, actually, and it might be kind of hard to believe, but I love zombie movies. <laughs> I know, but somehow, like, I really like this entire topic about this dystopian topic where, where people have to survive, you know, they're trying to find a way out. But I really love to see how, how people do everything they can to survive. Everything they can to find a way out because they still have the hope that there is a future, that there is a way out. But you know what's interesting? We as humans, we tend to do something to language, to words, don't we? You know, over time, the word cool was not only a description for temperature anymore, but we turned it into a description for something that's pretty okay. Or the word flirting. If you were flirting 500 years ago, you would have been flicking something away. You know, nowadays you're like flicking with someone's feeling. And kind of the same thing. Yeah, I mean. We kind of did the same thing to the word survive. What does survive mean in German? Überleben, right? So what does it translate in English? It means above living, living above. And originally, the word survive in Latin actually means to super live, to live above and beyond, to super live. But nowadays, survive means you barely made it, right? If we would have been stuck with a van in the snow and we would have been there for three days and nights and we would have come home, we would have survived. You know, if you have a big accident and you get into the hospital and you get an emergency surgery and you're in the, in the hospital for weeks, you are surviving. You see, we took the word survive to live above and beyond, to super live, to, and turn it into I barely made it. We took it from the very top and brought it down to the very bottom. And I don't know why. <laughs> Perhaps we, as humanity, we lost the faith in that living above and beyond is actually something that is available to us. You see, I believe God wants us to survive. I believe he wants us to live. He created us in the first place not to die, but to live. He didn't create us for a life that we say, I barely made it the entire time. And I don't think that God is okay or thinks that we should be okay with that either. You know, Jesus in John 10 verse 10, he says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And another translation says that they may have life and have it abundantly. God created us to live above and beyond. He created us to super live. And that's the title of today's message. It is Super Live. And I think God gave us a, a great tool, and that's his word, um, a great pathway to actually let us know how we can super live, how we can survive. I want to have a look at three things that I believe can help us. Are you up for that? Good. Go with me to Matthew 5. It is the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is speaking about what is known today as the Beatitudes. In German, it's the Seligpreisungen. And Jesus is speaking to a crowd of people, and he explains what it means to be blessed, what it means to be rich. He basically describes a person who super lives, someone who lives beyond and above the circumstances. And in Matthew 5, verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. 
His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. One more. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I love that. Jesus here is talking to his disciples and a crowd. And we don't know how big this crowd was, but in the chapters before, it is described where the people of the crowd are coming from. It's the mixed crowd of, of Gentiles, so non-Jews and Jews, from the area of Galilee, um, Decapolis, which means in Greek, ten cities, is it? from Jerusalem and Judea. So it's a mixed crowd from all, with people from all walks of life, but especially people from the land. People that were uneducated and very likely to not have a lot of money. Still, Jesus is calling them blessed. You know, even though the religious elite would call them poor and uneducated, Jesus is calling them rich. He basically says, you're living above and beyond. Yet, in his conversation about them being blessed, he doesn't pr promise anything about his circumstances. He doesn't say anything about their possessions here on earth, right? He speaks a lot about heaven and what we can expect in heaven, but where does it say, blessed are the peacemakers for their life will be easy? You know, blessed are you as you, people will like you more. Jesus doesn't promise anything about the circumstance, but he describes what happened to our souls when we engage with him. Our souls get the capacity to, verse 12, be glad and rejoice, no matter how our circumstances may look like. Jesus says, with him you have a promise, you have a hope that is beyond what you're actually facing and possessing here on earth. He doesn't say that our lives get easier, but he just describes that we get more powerful. He says, or he never promised that he will change our circumstances so it's easier for us, but he says that he will expand our soul. He makes us more powerful in that situation. So that's point number one. In order to super live, we need a soul of gratitude, a soul of thankfulness, a soul that knows it is blessed. You see, a soul that starts from a position of gratitude, from a position of thankfulness, is powerful. It has the capacity to live above the circumstances. It gets the power from knowing, hey, no matter what happens, no matter what's going on in my life, I am blessed. Knowing that Jesus is all I need and that letting him into my life is the biggest blessing I could ever receive gives our soul the capacity, it expands our soul to live above what we sometimes wish for. You know, sometimes we have the feeling that being close to God means that he gives us what we want. You know, that we may be rich and we should have an easy life because we're somehow connected to it. And it's kind of normal because we just want the things we want. However, God doesn't necessarily want to give us what we want in the first place. Yes. He says we shouldn't worry about tomorrow. And yes, he wants to bless us. Yes, he wants to bless us. But more important than that, he wants to give us the soul. He wants us to give the strength we need. So no matter if we have things or we don't, no matter if we're rich or poor, suffering or enjoy, we have the strength and thus the power to engage in all of them. And this is where thankfulness 
can help us. Point number two, super live by engaging your heart with God to see, to hear, and to imagine beyond. By engaging your heart with God to see, to hear, and to imagine beyond. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul describes what it happens if we engage with God, what happens if we love God. And if you think about a relationship where you love someone, maybe your parents, maybe your partner, maybe your kids, your friends, loving someone often feels a lot like serving them, right? It feels a lot like listening to them, like being close to them. When you love someone and then someone loves you back, it also impacts your soul, right? You start to see things differently. You start to hear things differently. Why? Because you get close and you get a sense of the spirit of the opposite. And that's the same with God. In 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 it says, That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love them. When you're close to God, when you love God, you will begin to see things, you will begin to hear things, you will begin to imagine things you didn't before. In verse 10 it goes on, But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. So when you enter into a relationship with God, you receive his spirit, and his spirit in you will reveal things you haven't seen before, you haven't heard before, you weren't able to imagine before on your own. Did ever something happen to you that impacted your life in that specific moment in a, let's say, negative way. You know, something happened to you and you still don't know or you, you don't know why this actually happened to you. In 1 Corinthians, again, 2 verse 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love them. And what our story shows me is, yes, hardships will happen. Yes, you will experience things that you don't want to experience. Why? Because that's the way life is. But that God doesn't want us to get sucked into it, but he wants to give us a spirit, his spirit, to give our soul the capacity to see things differently, to hear things differently, and to imagine things differently. You see, the, the, the most dangerous thing, the most interesting thought that we can have, that when we go through a crisis, when we go through a hardship, is that it should be easier. The most dangerous thought that we can have is that when we're facing challenging, that it shouldn't be that hard for me. The most dangerous thought is that let your thought go, Hey, this is an injustice happening to me. All of that, all of that just makes your soul smaller and sucks it into the circumstance instead of giving God the power to extend your soul and to grow you to be more powerful in that situation and live above the circumstance. Don't let the circumstance influence your soul, but let your soul influence your circumstance. And no matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through right now, God has a second chapter for your life. I know whatever happened, whatever is happening to you right now, it doesn't surprise God. You know? God is not going like, whoa! <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know? God is not up there going like, whoa, hey, don't look at me. I don't know either. You know? No, God already sees a way out. He already has the vision and he already imagines a way out and he wants you with his spirit within you to imagine that you imagine things that you haven't imagined before, to imagine a way out, to imagine that your life, it has a future. 
when circumstances begin to suck you in, he wants to engage with you. He uses our weakest moments to engage with us and engage power so we, our souls, can survive, they can super live. So point number three, you can super live when you embrace weakness and know where your strength comes from. You can super live when you embrace weakness and you know where your strength comes from. Have you ever heard the verse, um, when I am weak, when I am weak, he's strong. When I am weak, he is strong. You know, like you, you hear that everywhere. You probably saw that on Instagram, on Pinterest, you know, with this handwritten text on, on this encouraging posters with the oceans in the background. When I am weak, he is strong. Well, this verse, it's nowhere in the Bible. No, seriously. Like I looked it up. The verse, when I am weak, he is strong, it's not in there. If you find it, let me know. But if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Because I believe God is strong even when I'm strong. You know, like God is not going up there like, man, I can't do anything. He's so strong. You know, he's not up there like, I can't wait until he's weak so he can finally show some power. You know, no, God is strong even when I am strong. Even when I feel like Hulk or Superman, God is even stronger. And God is still strong when I'm weak, but it's not that when I'm weak, He is strong. And Paul, in 2 Corinthians, Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, Paul is talking about that. He's describing what's happening with him, what's happening in his soul. In verse 9, it says, Each time He, He means God, said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. For when I am weak, I am strong. When you think about it, that sounds a whole lot more like God, doesn't it? That in our weakest moments, that when we face challenges, that when we face hardships, God has the habit to dwell in our souls, to try to engage with us so He can bring the most strength, the most power in our lives. But the thing is, we love being strong and we hate weakness, right? Our entire lives we grow up being told that we have to be strong, that we have to have muscles, that we have to make it. But strength, the capacity to super live, actually moves the most in weakness. So that means we have really get to get comfortable with the feeling of weakness. That we have to get comfortable of being weak. You know when life throws, throws things at you and it hits you and weakness starts to expand within you, you hold it and you embrace it. And you get comfortable with that feeling because that is actually how strength feels like. Because right in that moment, the power of Christ is working within you, working in your soul and expands your soul and let it grow so you can survive, you can live, you can super live and you can live above your circumstances and whatever is happening to you.
Paul realized that he had the chance to live above and beyond. He had a life, he lived a life that he was above and beyond because he knew where his strength comes from. He knows it is okay to be weak because it is God's power who gave him new strength so he can live above what was happening around him and to him. Paul realized that it's God's grace that what Jesus did is all he needs and the biggest blessing he could ever receive. And out of this, this thankfulness and the relationship he had with God, he was able to live above the circumstance and could hear things that he didn't hear before. He could see things he couldn't see before and he could imagine a way out to live the life that God called him to live. Because here's the thing, I believe every one of us is called to super live. Every one of us here is called to live a big life, a life that matters, a life with impact. And what I wish for, for you and my life is that we influence as many people as possible in the most positive way. And I know, I know that such life, I know that such life will bring circumstances that we don't wish for. Or maybe you are already in such circumstances, you are already in something that feels like surviving. You know, like and you think hopefully I can make it. But I want to remind you today that just as it is with salvation, you don't have to do anything for it. The only thing you can start, do is start from a position of thankfulness and you can just know that you are blessed and, what, and then you engage with God. And then you begin to value this personal love relationship He wants to, with, wants to have with you. And what happens is that His Spirit will dwell within you and will grow you and will give you the capacity to see above things, will give you the capacity to hear things, to super live, to see above and to imagine beyond. And God, and God looks at your life, He looks at my life and He goes, I can give Him huge. I can give him big because I know that he knows that his soul influences the circumstance and he knows that even though he is weak, he is strong because my power is made perfect in his weakness.